Praise God. Let's look at Psalm 42, verse 1 this evening. Psalm 42, verse 1. It says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul with me, within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Look at verse 5. See, the psalmist is saying here, talking about some stressful things, some pressure situations. He's feeling pushed. In verse 3, it says, they continually say to me, where is your God? You know, people may not just say say that to you. Circumstances may say that to you. You may have a a thought in your head. But why are you in this situation? Why is this going on? Why hasn't this happened yet? Where is your God? May not just be exactly those words, but that's that's the, uh, the takeaway. Why is this happening to you? It doesn't even, it won't be words, it doesn't necessarily have to be words, it's just an impression, just a, a feeling coming from the outside. Why hasn't God done this? Why hasn't this happened yet? I thought you had faith. I thought you believed God. I thought this is the way God's supposed to act or, or work on your behalf. Why hasn't that happened yet? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Psalm starts talking to himself. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Hope in God, for I shall yet, what? I'm going to still praise him. I want to talk to you about that tonight. I shall yet praise him. Look at 1 Peter 1, verse 6. First Peter 1, verse 6 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, having 
whom having not seen you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's read verse 6 again. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. (laughs) That's the Bible. Now you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though, you, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Notice, it's talking about trials, Faith being tested. And then it says, even in the midst of that, that you may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Praising Him in the middle when you have, a, when you have some pressure. When you have the test. When your faith is being tried. Verse 8, then it says, Whom having not seen you love... Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though now you do not see him, yet believing. Though now you don't see him, yet you still believe something. We are a three-part being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And in this realm, you contact this realm with your five senses. You contact this realm with your your seeing, your hearing, your touch, your sense of smell, your sense of taste. Here in verse 8 it's saying, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though you do not see him, yet believing, you do something. Though you don't see him, yet believing, you do something. So, this is saying you are being pressed. You're not seeing something. It's saying you're going through trials, but also you don't see the Lord Jesus Christ with your physical eyes. But you believe something. And so you rejoice anyway. But we walk in this world, and so we have our five senses, but we also have our mind to deal with. We're a three-part being. Just look at it real, real quickly, if you could put it up, and then we'll come back up here. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body. So we're three parts. We are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. So in this realm, you're contacting this realm with your five senses, but then you have a mind. And so you're going to be pressed in this realm, in this world, in your body, in your, with your senses, and then in your mind. But we still are going to, we still, we must walk in faith. Faith is of the heart. Faith is of your spirit. And one of the quickest ways to connect with your heart and to bypass your other, your senses and your mind is to enter into praising God. Praise is a way to circumvent the other parts of your being and hook up with your spirit. Because you're not, when you're praising God, number one, you're praising somebody who you can't see. You're praising the one you can't understand. You're going by what you believe. And so by definition, when you're praising God, you're already in faith. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Notice it says, even though our outward man is perishing. Well, that's that's what you see. When we walk around, that's who you're looking at. You know, at the people. You're not looking at their spirit, you're looking at their... Outward man. It says, though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working with us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Verse 18 says, we do not look at the things that are seen. Let's go back. Let's go back to verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. What what happens? If you're losing heart, you're not walking in faith. If If we start losing heart, then we are letting things that we see and feel start to affect us. And when we lose heart, that means something's happening on the inside. Our faith is waning. That means you're losing heart brings with it the, the connotation of being discouraged. Your eyes are falling. Something is happening on the inside. Where you were once strong, where you're once going on, you're believing God you're feeling weak. Well, why would that happen? If we start looking in the natural, if we start letting our mind, our, our, our uh, soul dominate us and start taking the higher position over our spirit and over the things of God. See, faith is of the heart. Faith is of the spirit. That's how you believe God. You don't believe God with your body. 
When we say heart, we're talking about our spirit, not our physical blood pump. See, we don't believe God with, with our eyes. We don't believe God with our minds. We believe God with our heart. Faith is of the heart, and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Either the Word of God, His written Word, or hearing the Word of God to you by His Spirit. Faith will come either way. What you hear by the Spirit will always be based on His written Word. It will never contradict the Word. But, but He's going to tell you certain things by His Spirit that are not in the Word specifically. For instance, who are you going to marry? For instance, where are you going to live geographically? Uh, what job should you take? Those things are not written in the, the, the Holy Bible. It, not big enough. And it, there's so many things like that. You couldn't possibly fit specific directions for every part of life, for every person. Nobody wants to carry around that book. Nobody cares about everybody else anyway, for the most part. You know what I mean? Who's this dude? Why am I reading about him and his life? I, where's, where's my part? <laughs> I mean, you imagine how big that book, I mean, we talk, that's, that's, I don't even know how many bytes of data, you know, terabytes, way, just, just ridiculous amounts. Everybody's direction for their whole life, are you kidding me? You can't, no, that's why we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. So we have the general written word of God that's going to give you uh, directions, you know, that you're supposed to go out and follow God with all your heart. Lean not on, into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. You know, there, by His stripes you were healed. There's so many scriptures that cover. He'll, he'll supply all your need according to His riches and glory. But how do you know? You know, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Well, which one? Which one of the billions on the planet? Or husband? You know, how do I know that? I got I to gotta be led. Well, when I start letting what I see or what I feel or what I think start overriding what's, what I believe, then that can lead to losing heart. You know what I mean? And we're all tempted to do that. We all get pressed because we live in a physical world. And so if you start letting what you see with your physical eyes start trumping what your heart's seeing, you can lose heart and you can get off track. Faith is of the heart. It says, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, so what we're going through in this day-to-day -day life even if it's pressure, it's but for a moment, even if it were a long time on the earth that you were going through something, that you were pressing through something, it's still but for a moment. It's not forever. Enemy will tell you, tell you this is never going to go away. This is, this is your lot in life. Don't believe that. Believe what God tells you. And here it's saying, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So what you're doing here, when you're working for God, doing what He's called you to do, doesn't matter if you have challenges, keep going on because it's not going to matter in the long run. What's happening eternally is far going to outweigh any kind of uh, discomfort or light affliction that you have on this earth. 
and it's just going to fade. When we, when we stand in front of Jesus, when we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and rewards are happening, it's not going to matter. It's just going to fade away. It's just going to be like, yeah, whatever, here we are. That's real. That's going to happen. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So you're not looking at the things that are seen. You could say, I don't think without doing any injustice, at the things which are understood. You know, you see something, but where does it go when you see it? It goes to your brain, right? What's interpreting what you see? What you see is not mostly the problem. It's what you interpret, how you interpret what you see. You know, you could, you could see something and interpret it many different ways. Some people see something and they interpret it and they run away. Some people see certain situation and they run at it and they look at it as an opportunity. What, what's determining that? Your brain, your mind, your soul. So it's what you see, but it's how you're interpreting what you see and how you react. So it's, it's not... We don't look at what we see. We don't look at how we understand. We don't look at how the world is talking about what we would see. Or, you know, you just look at the current conditions in the world, economic conditions. Certain people, you understand certain people are going to prosper majorly through this. I'm just talking naturally. Not even talking about for the child of God. People, through COVID, what looked like a downturn, there's, there's, there's people that made a lot, a lot of money during that time. So it's not, oh my gosh, it's bad for everybody. No, it's... There's opportunity. Well, it's like that every day of every part of our life. Not just monetarily, every part. There's things that people will run away from. At the same time, people are running at, saying, oh, let me at that. Let me get in there because that's an opportunity. There may be challenges, but there's an opportunity. So while we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Well, what's a connector between those two? If I'm challenged... To look at what is seen, and we will all be challenged. Don't make any mistake about it. You will be challenged because that's, that's the fight we're in is to stay in faith. And the enemy is going to bring thoughts about what you see to try to get you to disconnect with what's on the inside and start looking at what you see and only what you see and then what's in your mind and what's... He's going to bring thoughts to you about what you see to... to disconnect you from what God is really doing and the path he has you on and disconnect you from his will. Well, a way to get connected, to stay connected with what's on the inside is praising him. Because you, you could be feeling pressure and you could be seeing stuff and, pre- and, and the thoughts are coming. You're not going to make it. It could be any number of things. This isn't going to happen. This isn't for you. This will never happen in your life. You won't get healed. You're not going to prosper. You're, you're not going to have the right job. You're not going to have the right mate. You're never going to have children. I, any number of things. You won't, you won't ever, you know, have that deal. Whatever. One way, and a powerful way, is just to dig your heels in, uh, to dig your heels in, and stay connected, is just to start praising God and say, God, you are, and and start saying what he is through his word in your situation. No, you are my provider. You are the one that will provide for me through anything. You are my healer. You know, something may be shouting at you in your body, and you know, you have feelings, and then you have thoughts to go with those feelings about what those feelings mean. 
And you may have to, to shout over that. No, Lord, I thank you that you are my healer. You are the one that took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And I just choose to praise you and honor you and say that you are greater than any sickness. You're greater than any disease. You can heal anything. You can replace anything. You can repair anything. There is nothing more too difficult for you. You are the God that was and is and is to come. And it doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter what the report of the test said. I believe you. I trust you and I exalt you in my life. And as you do that, faith is rising up and those things that are trying to pull you off get pushed to the side. We have a sign that we bought, put it up in a minute, just a minute. We had a, a sign that we bought when we were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we go down there uh, almost every year. I mean, every year that, that there's, uh, well, we pretty much go there every year except um, COVID. When that happened, we couldn't get there. Um, and then we were there last year. So just the, just the COVID year, we, we, had to, we weren't able to go. But there, we have a regional retreat there uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If you're not familiar with Lancaster, Pennsylvania, it's Amish country. And um, there's good country cooking there, good buffets there. And they have country stores there. We go and we take our vacation there. We have a regional retreat, and then we just take our vacation right along there. Several years ago, I think it's been seven years now, you know, we, we have this buffet that we like to eat uh, one that we've settled on, that locals like to, and at this one we go. There's lots, some flashier ones, bigger ones, but these guys have great cooking, and uh, man, we're just going to eat there over and over. So we, we go there, and while we're waiting then, there's a country store right attached to it, so we'll go browse the country store. We do it every, every time. We go there, we get our place in line, and we go right over here, and we look around there and look at all the signs, you know, all the different quippy signs. I like those. Um, but there was one year, I think it was about seven years ago, when we had gotten there, and it had been a really challenging year, just a busy year, and we got there, and it was just like, <sighs> we're, we're here, we're, we're eating at our favorite restaurant, we're looking at these, and, and um, we were like, we got to bring some of these things back with us, these signs, you know? And one of them was this one I'm going to put up. Go ahead, do you have that? And you can put it up online. It says, faith beyond what the eyes can see. And we have this, that ledge there uh, is in our bedroom. Our bed is here, and that's up on the wall. So if we're looking up, we can see that. That's like, I stood on the bed to take the picture so I could get a good picture, so it wasn't up. But that's just right. That's been there for years, um, just up on, our, on the ledge there. And then on the sides, there's stuffed animals that our girls have made onto the left and right, which... Didn't include all that. There's a vent on, on the top there. Just didn't include all that stuff, you know, closet. Just, just the sign, because I figured that's all you guys were interested in. But we, we have several of these signs around our, our house. But this sign, I, I, I was just, you know, I was preparing for this, and I looked across, and I saw that sign. I was like, that's, that fits here pretty well. Faith beyond what the eyes can see. You could say faith beyond what the mind can comprehend. Because your faith can be challenged by what you see and what you understand. 
But faith is beyond both of those. See, this is saying faith goes beyond what you can see. You can only see so far, but faith will see past that. You could also say you can only understand so far, but God is past that, and faith will bring you past that. Your, your, your mind can go, you know, with some God thoughts and some things God is showing you. Your mind can go, I just, I mean, think about forever. Think about the thought of God has always been. Your mind can't comprehend that. It just can't. It's like, what? Everything always has a start. may not verbalize that, but you know what I'm talking about. God's always been, so go back a billion years, he was there. Go back a trillion years, there, he, quadrillion. It just, can't, it just can't comprehend that. The vastness of God's, the, the, the vastness of the universe, your, God, your, your mind can't comprehend that, but faith can. See, by faith, you can, you can say, okay, he's always been there. All right, I, I take that. He can do anything. That he hasn't barred himself, you know, God says, the Bible says it's impossible for him to lie, so you know that's not going to happen. But anything else, he can do it. Whatever he said he can do, the Bible says with man things are, are impossible, with God all things are possible. You can look and go, I don't see how, but you say, well, God's big, all right, we can believe that. See, faith will go past what you can see, and faith will go past what you can understand. Well, a way, one of the quickest ways to get in faith when you're being pressed and challenged, or even when you're not, just to stay in faith is just to stay in an attitude of praise to God because you're just, you, you see, you're hooked up with, with what's in your heart and, and you're, you're stating and saying what the Word says about Him and it is counteracting anything that might hit your mind or your, your eyes. And you just get back, you know, your mind may be challenging you and you say, you just start praising God for who He is when you do that, you elevate him in your understanding and in uh, your perception, and faith just rises. Because, you know, if you're praising God and you're saying the word, you're hearing that word, and it's just, it's a positive feedback loop. It just goes up, and you're just, just coming up. And you can stay there. And it will counteract then, help us to walk through some of the challenges that arise in this life. Look at Acts 16, verse 16. We'll look at a challenge that Paul and Silas had. It says, verse 16, Now it happened as we, as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the, excuse me, to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. 
So they're doing the work of God, sharing the gospel. They cast out a spirit, and instead of anybody being happy about this, next thing you know, their clothes have been torn off, and they're about to be beaten with rods. Verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, stripes being blows that cut in. So this is not a, you know, light slap in the face or something. These guys are being beaten hard. It says, when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stock. So they have been beaten, got their clothes torn off, they're beaten, now they're in stocks, and, you know, not a good day for serving Jesus. Now, do you think, do you think there's anything hitting their senses at this point? Oh, you know, they just got beaten, they're bleeding, so they, they are hurting, so they are feeling something, I don't know if they're seeing a whole lot right now because it's dark, <laughs> But before the lights went on, you know, I don't know how dark it was. Maybe it's completely pitch dark because the guy had, we'll read in a little bit, had to get a light. But, um, so they're definitely, they saw something before. What they saw is people arrest them and come in and tear off their clothes and then beat them. If you don't think they, they were affected by this, you just think they're not human. I mean, none of us want to be beaten like this beaten anyway, but like, I mean, this is horrible, and then gone, and and put into stocks, and so they're getting hit, they're getting hit physically, they're getting hit, they've heard stuff, they've seen stuff, they're feeling stuff, and then their mind, they are going, doing the work of God, you don't think they had thoughts, why is this happening to you, you think the devil's changed, you don't think he's hitting the Apostle Paul with all the, all the ammunition he has to try to discourage Paul at this point. Well, he's the Apostle Paul. You, we're reading about him now. The reason he made it through is because he was doing something with that. Don't, don't even think somehow he got a pass. He's the one that's going to write two-thirds of the letters of the New Testament. You don't think Satan is throwing everything at his mind and his body at this point? You are, you're who? Even if they've walked through some some things up to this point, you know the way the devil works. It doesn't matter if you've had a victory. He's going to tell you right now, you're not making it through this one, pal. That's what he does. You don't think he's doing it to them? Of course he's doing it to them. Right now, he's telling them, you're done. They don't know. They don't have the book of Acts. They don't, they don't know. I'm not talking about faith. They, they don't get to read it. They don't know, oh, well, about what's going to happen. And if you've read it, you know what's going to happen. They don't. They're having to walk by faith. They are getting hammered physically, literally. They got beaten, and they're getting hammered in their mind. Thoughts are coming at them like a machine gun. How do you know that? Because the devil hasn't changed, and he's going to try to take anybody that serves God out and you know that's what he's doing right now to Paul and Silas. He's throwing stuff at them, trying to discourage them, trying to get them to quit. And look at the next verse, verse 25. 
But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So at midnight, in the middle of this, it says Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. In the King James Version. Can you just put that verse up in the King James Version? Skip down. It says, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. So it's dark. It's literally midnight. Figuratively midnight. It's a dark time. They're getting pressed in life. In the Amplified Classic, it says, But about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. So in the middle of this, they're praising God. They are praising God. Don't let this be too simple. That, okay, yes, we praise God. Look at the connection between getting pushed in your soul and in your body and then praising God and maintaining your faith. Because that's one of the quickest ways, one of the weapons that we have at our disposal to walk through the challenge, to walk through the assault, is to just... It's getting pressure. Well, I'm praising. I know what I'm going to do. I am going to put my mind and my attention on God. I'm going to praise Him in the middle of this. When you feel like crying. When you feel like just laying down and saying, forget it, it's over. I've tried. Here I am preaching the gospel. Cast out this... You know, spirit, and here, they, they arrest us and beat us. Why? You can look at Silas and say, why are we doing this? What are we doing? You don't think, they could have done that. They're just like you and me. They could have just said, this is crazy. This is dumb. They could have just gone down that path. But instead, these men have been beaten. These men are bleeding. These men are in stocks. These men have not their whole suit of clothes on. Who knows how much they have at this point. They got some of it ripped off and they're praising God. And they're, they're looking to the Lord and they're going to they're gonna exalt Him anyway. What's that do? That, that, that connects you with your heart because they think about stuff. Uh, they got to push out thoughts. If they're looking at stuff, they got to push that back. So they're connecting with their heart and they're praising Him. Let's just read... So you, if you don't know what happened, then look at verse 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. <laughs> Say that's a miracle. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, so they, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your, whole, your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. 
Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. So there was all that pressure. There was all that attack. They are praising God anyway, and then everything turned around. Did this have to happen this way? I don't believe it did. I believe things happen in the Bible because people agreed with God. So we saw what happened. Well, have you ever felt pressure? Don't have to raise your hand. I know everybody has. Have you ever felt, you know, gotten assault in your mind, assault in your body? At that point, we can stir up our faith Look to God, be praising Him, exalting Him, acknowledging Him, so that we can keep going, so that we can go over. James 1, verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So don't go the opposite way. Look to Him. Psalm 71, verse 12 says, O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded. Talking about natural enemies and consumed, who are the adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. I will praise you more and more. See, we can make a lifestyle out of just praising God. That just maintains our faith. See, when we're hooking up, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, even if you got into the habit and your heart wasn't fully in it, that'd be so much better than other habits. At least that would put you, if you were in the habit of just praising God instead of saying other things, that puts you on the right track continually. And if we'll just... But be acknowledging and, and, and think about it when we're doing it. We can go around in the day, not that everybody, all of us have done it perfectly, but we can come up and just be praising Him. Just be, even in the midst of something that looks crazy at work or crazy, something comes down and, you, you know, something comes at you. You could just be, even if it's under your breath, if you're with other people, praise God. God's on the throne and if... If you're in a situation where you can do it, praise God out loud. Well, we're going to praise God. Praise the Lord. When you don't have anything to say and there's a silence, it's okay just to say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God's good. Praise God. He's going to bring us over. He's going to bring us through. He is the one that was and is and is to come. And he saw this happening before uh, it ever uh, before we found out about it, he's already got a solution. He'll bring us over. Lord, I'm just going to praise you and honor you. He's going to work this thing out. He's going to help us through. He's going to help us over. He's working right now. Praising him. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, if, our pra- if his praise is continually in our mouth, then we're continually hooked up with our heart. And if we're continually hooked up with our heart, then faith is strong. It's a way to keep our faith strong and vibrant. Psalm 71 verse 8 
says, let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Filled. I like that. Let, you, let my mouth be filled with your praise. In other words, there's maybe a thought of pressure comes, but our mouth is just filled with praise. So we say, praise God. Praise Him anyway. Praise Him in the middle of a trial, of a pressure. We're just going to praise God. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to praise God. We're going to honor Him. We're going to glorify Him. We're going to say what He said. We're going to give Him access to work in this situation and not start giving, you know, other stuff. We don't, we don't want to yield to the devil. We don't want to start yielding our mouth to the wrong thing. We can yield our mouth to God and praise Him and acknowledge Him. It says, let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. All the day, even if it's under a breath, we're just thinking, praise God. Glory to God. And if we slip, you know, we get off, some, go off a different track. Nope, 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 nope. Praise the Lord. Praise God. He's good. He's got this. We're going over. He's going to show me. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. I can hear him. Thank God my body is strong. Lord, I just thank you. I praise you that your power is more than enough to correct any situation. Lord, I thank you that your power is more than enough to fix my body. I, oh, you're so big and so great and so wise and so good that anything that needs to be fixed, it's just, it, there's no doubt it's going to be fixed. And it is being fixed. And it's changing. Even right now, I just give you honor and glory. Lord, I thank you that you're my provider, that you have seen ahead and made provision for me, and that it doesn't matter what the economy's doing and what inflation's doing or what other markets are doing. I just thank you that you're my provider. You're the God of more than enough, and you've seen ahead and you've already made provision for me, and it doesn't matter. You're not taken off guard, and if somebody's going to prosper, I'm going to be one of the ones that's going to prosper during the time because I serve you, and you're a good God, and you're more than enough, and you're bigger than any economic challenge. You're bigger than any uh, government challenge. You're bigger than anything that may come against my livelihood. Amen? There's a relation thing, relationship challenge that's coming against you. Oh, Lord, I thank you. You're smarter than people. You know the situation may look impossible. You say, oh, Lord, I thank you. You can work anything out. You can work anything out. And so I'm just going to, for myself and my family, I'm going to glorify you and I'm going to give you access into my life and I'm going to just praise you and honor you. And the devil will try to tell you, you're an idiot. There's no way that's ever going to happen and you're just playing around. No, I'm not playing around. I'm going to glorify God and I'm going to say what he says. I'm going to make him bigger than the situation that I'm seeing and that's hitting my mind. Amen? Praise God.